0: At approximately 6.40 p.m. on Monday, November 15, 2021, 14-year-old Ryan Rogers from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, hopped on his bike from his home for an evening stroll and never returned home. Ryan was a freshman at William T. Dwyer High School, and he played soccer for the Palm Gardens Youth Association. Ryan was a special kid with a huge heart, and he was loved by everybody. So when Ryan didn't show up to his home that evening, the outpouring of support was instant. Ryan's mother, Cindy, along with his friends and family, began posting bolos on social media, asking for the community to help track down Ryan. As the evening hours grew later and later, Ryan's mother, Cindy, could not bear any more time going by not knowing where Ryan was. So it was about 10 p.m. when she contacted the Palm Beach Gardens Police Department in a desperate attempt for help. The community rallied behind the family, searching all over the Alton neighborhood that Ryan lived in for any sign of him. Palm Beach Gardens did not have an extensive crime rate at all. According to the neighborhood scout website, the chances of being a victim of a crime in this area was only like 1 in 679. And the Palm Beach Gardens violent crime rate was lower than the national average by like 64%. So for Ryan or anyone to like hop on their bike and go for a ride, this was like a relatively safe pastime. Members of the community never feared much, especially not Ryan.
1: Sadly, the Rogers family's worst fears would tragically come true during that search for Ryan. At 9 a.m. on November 16th, which was just the morning after Ryan was last seen, there was a heavy police presence, and it was reported on the I-95 overpass and Central Boulevard, and that was roughly three miles from Ryan's home. Police and the paramedics were dispatched to the scene of a young male who had been found just 24 feet off of the main road, which was out of plain view, and it was a very wooded area. The young man had been deceased, and there was a bicycle that believed to be the boys, and it was found nearby. By the time the police and first responders arrived at the scene, no possible life-saving measures could be administered that young man was confirmed to be 14 year old ryan rogers so as you guys can try to only imagine this family was devastated how could this happen to sweet young ryan like was he the victim of a traffic accident maybe a hit and run like how did he die so early on investigators were very tight lipped on ryan's cause of death But on Saturday, November 20th, the Palm Beach Gardens PD announced that Ryan was no victim of a traffic-related incident. He had actually been murdered. So this relatively small town now had a homicide on its hands. The completed autopsy on Ryan detailed his murder and let us tell you, it was absolutely horrific and brutal. Ryan had been attacked in the most brutal way while innocently out on his evening bike ride. The autopsy revealed He had been stabbed multiple times in the head and his face. Mm -mm. Ryan wasn't known to have any enemies. I mean, he was just a typical 14-year-old high school freshman. Investigators and the family were just reeling as to who could do such a horrible thing to this young man. It didn't really make any sense. So red ribbons went up all over the Alton neighborhood honoring Ryan's short life. There were makeshift memorials that went up along Central Boulevard. There was a sign that said justice for Ryan, which is beautiful flowers in the area where sadly Ryan's body had been found.
0: So the community is totally on edge like any community would be if they feel like there is a crazy killer on the loose, right? for sure. So it was super scary. Parents were like keeping their kids inside or under super close watch outside. It was a super surreal time for everybody.
1: Oh, yeah. And the Palm Beach Gardens police, they had released a statement saying, Parents should remain vigilant and take steps they feel are appropriate with regard to their children's activities in public. And, you know, I would do that if I lived down there, hands down, not letting my kid outside. Yeah, not at all. (laughs) The community was so desperate for investigators to really just give them any information or updates. But at the same time, you know, the investigators... They hear the community in regards to Ryan's murder. They want to tell them, but they had to be vigilant. Like, we get it. You can't jeopardize the investigation. It's I understand just a frustrating that. time for everybody. Right.
0: So, on November 23rd, family and friends paid respects to Ryan at the Quattlebaum Funeral Cremation Center in his hometown. Ryan, being an avid soccer player and a huge part of the community's athletic club, had a soccer-themed funeral. That's so sweet to honor him like that. I know, it's just so sad.
1: So, on November 24th, there was an $8,000 reward announced for any information in identifying Ryan's killer. Really any information just pertaining to his case. And this was a tough one for the investigators, right? They're asking anyone that might have driven down Central Boulevard, Highway I-95, just really anywhere in that area to check their dash cams, you know, report any suspicious activity or suspicious persons that they may have seen traveling on foot the evening Ryan was murdered. The initial lead detectives on the scene where Ryan's body was recovered did find something to aid their investigation.
0: And that was a pair of headphones that were found close to Ryan's body. Investigators were able to quickly confirmed that those headphones did not belong to Ryan which I'm thinking maybe they got that confirmation like from his family. family. Like
1: here's a picture. Or something.
0: Yeah, that determination, though, wasn't necessarily a bad one because they were like, OK, this might be a lead to our suspect.
1: Right. Like how many headphones are just found near a dead body that aren't theirs? Exactly. The forensic biology unit in Palm Beach swabbed DNA from those headphones and they entered it into CODIS. And what do you know?
0: Ding, ding, ding.
1: There was a hit. All right. And it was a direct match to a man named Semi Lee Williams. Well, Semi was a 39-year-old homeless drifter with a very, very violent past. This guy had a criminal record spanning over three states, and his first crimes dated as far back to 2004. Jeez rain and i are going to name off a few of his convictions there was an assault involving strangulation of a senior citizen two domestic assaults carrying a concealed electronic weapon and
0: really just so much more there was so much semi was no stranger to the
1: law by any means (laughs) not at all what investigators could not determine though were what were his ties to that area. I mean, as far as they knew, Semi had no business in Palm Beach Gardens. So, like, what the hell was he doing there? He was just drifting, just drifting along. <laughs> this was huge for the investigation though, you guys, if they could only make that one
0: connection. Semi obviously did not know Ryan. Investigators had an inside look into Semi's life and his more recent movements by going on to his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And those videos told a story and also gave investigators pretty much everything that they needed to know. So, semi had arrived in Palm Beach Gardens not too long before Ryan's murder. And he was just drifting around the area of Miami and whatever. Surveillance footage from Central Boulevard near I-95 where Ryan was found showed an unidentified individual walking northbound in the same direction that Ryan was also traveling at 7.20pm that night according to Ryan's cell phone records. The data placed the man on Central Boulevard at the exact same time that Ryan's phone was also placed him on central boulevard, which is super incredible that these two pieces of electronic evidence like totally line up and ryan's cell phone data also showed that he stopped traveling just 11 minutes later at 7 31 p.m i love data
1: where would we be without it honestly
0: i don't know but if you listen to the podcast to live and die in la season one there's a private investigator on there that completely debunks all of the cell phone data that was gathered in this one particular case i recommend everybody listen to that. I'm not saying that you know what we have here you know is not true but I'm just saying that I don't think it's always the most reliable. You can use it to debunk things
1: as well. Yes
0: solve and debunk (laughs) solve and unsolve.
1: So as the investigators continue to sift through Semi Williams YouTube channel they find a video dated November 15th and this is where Semi is describing this area that he's in and he's like telling his viewers they are illegally following me. So cops were able to determine the location of SEMI based on his ramblings, and that location was only eight miles from where Ryan's body had been recovered. Too close for comfort for those officers. This was not coincidental. No. It just couldn't have been. So I mean, we have the pinpoint location of this guy. His DNA is on the headphones, found at the crime scene. I mean, Mm. Let's put two and two together here. So on November 16th, the day that Ryan's body was found, Semi had actually taken transportation back down to Miami. And this was according to documents from the investigation. Now, it's November 29th and low-key, the feds, you know, joined the search for their number one suspect, drifting Semi. And (laughs) there was so much going on behind the scenes. And honestly, it drives me nuts because I'm the type of person where I want to be in it I want to see what's going on I want to see the information that they have I just want to be in that room when they put You're it all in the together. together I know I love it though I just mm-hmm. I just want to be a fly on the wall and see how the investigation unravels
0: so on the evening of December first, cops locate Semi in Miami. He had been committed to a local hospital under the Florida Bakers Act that is in place that allows them to commit those who are a danger to themselves or the others around them. I and
1: didn't even know that was a thing. But I feel really, like that should be a thing in every state. That
0: was my first thought. Yeah. Hell
1: yes. That was a good idea, Florida. Yeah.
0: While they're talking to Semi, Semi is doing a lot of talking. I mean, of course he is. Trying to talk his way out of any connection to Ryan. Cops aren't buying any of it though because they had their evidence and they had a search warrant they shake down semi during this interview and they find a bandana that's like drenched in blood dna of both semi and ryan were found on that bandana so bye bye semi you are off to jail take this murder charge oh yeah and you have no bail Mm. this was the second round of interviews with semi williams he was actually questioned the friday before his admission into the hospital Police just kind of wanted to chat with him, see what he knew about Ryan and the murder and, you know, kind of just see like maybe he would say something that would show like he had something to do with it. But even during that interview, obviously, he was denying any connection to Ryan's murder.
1: But the question I feel like we have and you guys as listeners are going to have is why? like why would he kill Ryan there's no connection and the police the police chief of Palm Beach Gardens Clinton Shannon stated the incident itself appears to be a completely random act which i don't know that's to me that's fucking sad like this was just a random act that this man attacked this 14 year old young innocent boy it's just random yeah. it just it makes it so much sadder
0: Shannon said <laughs> quote we do not have a motive in this case and i would best describe it as an innocent child victim having a chance encounter with a very violent criminal after semi was arrested and he's chatting it up with investigators as to why he killed ryan he had the most vulgar responses and just said these like the most horrible things that we're not even going to repeat because this whole incident is tragic and nothing will ever change ryan's story
1: makes my stomach hurt just saying those words because it just sits so deep in our hearts that this horrible crime was committed against ryan it's just so terribly sad our thoughts and prayers are with the roger family as they try to navigate this horrible crime of their beloved son i can't even begin to try and imagine losing a child Mm -hmm. there's just no way i don't think there's any deeper pain i hope that the monster semi rots in prison for the rest of his days for what he did to young ryan rogers i hope he gets the death penalty i mean we always say eye for an eye Mm -hmm. and same to you you want to tragically take ryan's life in the most horrific way then you deserve to be taken out the same way and that's just my feeling on
0: that yes thank you guys so much for tuning in today to those murder girls podcast as always if you can take two seconds to please rate and review us keep the rogers family in your prayers during this difficult time the holiday season is supposed to be joyous and unfortunately somebody has taken that joy away from them forever
1: as always you guys we hope you have a safe weekend and we'll see you back next friday next year which sounds really, really weird. But here we go, 2022.
0: Let's do it. Let's hope it's
1: better than 2021 and And 2020. 2020. (laughs) We can only hope. (laughs) Raina and I are really praying for that. All right, guys, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye, guys.